Welcome to the podcast of Canadian author Margaret Mackay. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hi, and welcome to the show. My name is Margaret Mackay. For today's episode, I'd like to share with you an interview that I did on Whistle Radio with Charlene Jones. We will be discussing publishing, writing, my book Stone Cottage, and a great book fair, Bookapalooza. You were just talking about the business of having your books created, published in the U.S., and then having to have them shipped to Canada, and of course with the dollar worth about 10 cents to the U.S. greenback, we're really in a disadvantageous position. Still, this is an expensive proposition, this business of writing in our time, right? Yes, it is. I have also self-published three children's books. My first book was $1,500 to get it published. And I think that's cheap. I've been talking to writers. Writers are paying twice that to get copy editing and front pages and cover and layout and all of the things that are necessary to create a really good product. Right. So you did very well at 1500 Well, I didn't have any copy editing. I was very, very new to yeah. the business all right. and didn't know about any of that kind of stuff and right. have grown in the number of years that I've doing trying to publish. Oh, absolutely. I've been, I've been writing forever, but right. trying to actually get it published. So um, I just went with a a local small publishing house right. here on Lake Simcoe, actually. Right. Very, very good. He did a great job. He designed the covers and things like that. So very good job and sold a lot of my children's books through him. Now, there wasn't the problem because it was a Canadian publishing house. There wasn't the problem with the exchange on the dollar. With the U.S. publishing house, with my novel... I, I did send it out to publishers. Right. And the Solstice Publishing picked it up. Right. That way, I didn't have to pay up front. That saved all the upfront charges because it is a traditional publisher, and they do you do sign a contract, and the contract is for three years. Right. And you get a certain percentage of royalties for numbers sold and all that right. kind of stuff. They are a traditional publisher, but they are a mid-sized publisher in the States. Right. You don't get a, a lot of the perks that you might get. And that, you see, I haven't published with a big publisher, so I'm not sure exactly what perks you do get with that. I don't know whether they have, they send you X number of copies of your book or whether they give you an advance. This publishing house, there's no advance. It's just strictly on sales. Well, I can give you some information according to uh, one of the agents for a Canadian publishing house locally that I was listening to at one of the workshops by Brian Henry. And her statement was, the advances that are being given are much less than they were 10 years ago. The amount, yes, the covered copies, the amount of money that goes in immediately to create the product, that's covered by the big houses. But I'd also heard this otherwise. I'd read about it. I'd read extensively online about what is happening in publishing industry. Is that there's about four or five people who are actually holding the publishing houses together. 
And that what happens is that with one of the larger publishers, it is possible, Now I'm not saying this happens in every case, but essentially they cover the cost of you creating the book and then you have to market it. You have to do all the publishing distribution all from there. You get a tiny recompense in terms of an advance. And I mean very small. This woman cited between $1,500 and $3,000 anymore. You're not going to get the five to ten that it was ten years ago. People don't have the money for it, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And then, of course, we also know as writers that the restriction on your royalties is eight to ten percent, as opposed to the terrible giant Amazon, whom we all love to hate. It's like Walmart. We all love to hate Walmart, but we all yes. see it as an yes. advantageous. The same with Amazon. The same yes. with all of these different smashwords and so on. Is that you can create a 70%, you have a choice between 35% and 70% uh, royalty. Now, uh, these are very interesting statistics and figures, and they will change as we're speaking. They're probably changing. But it seems to me that you're probably in as advantageous a situation as you can be with a mid-size house because they still have some interest and some juice left to focus on you. Yes. Whereas the mid, I said to my friend, you're carrying all these other writers. You're employing them. And she looked at me and smiled and said, yeah, it's true. Yes. So there are really only four or five, or I, t- I don't know what the number is, but a, a little tiny group at the top who are making the hundreds of thousands of dollars who are carrying all the, on their back all of the other writers who wish to be traditionally published. And what I found with, like, Solstice, I find that they are great. Mm-hmm. They're very responsive. You get an editor-in-chief. You get an editor. They, You work with them. You work with the editor. They do the finalization of everything. And then, yes, it is put on Amazon. But they also are huge on promoting yourself online. Mm-hmm. And the Solstice group of writers... It's almost like a, a small family kind of thing. Lovely. And there is a website specifically for the group. And I've so if you've got mm-hmm. problems or if you are if you are wanting to promote, right. you put out there, I've got, you know, can you Twitter for three or four days? And they all, oh, yeah, send me your media kit, that kind of thing. And you send it to them. And they all tweet and Twitter and... Fabulous. Facebook. And so everybody helps everybody else. The editors are constantly having blogs. They will interview you for their blog. Fabulous. Um, So there's a great support system, I find, within Solstice. And yes, you're doing a lot of promoting, but so is everybody else in the group. And you promote one another. Yes. You know, that's part of your contract is that you promote one another. But I think people would do it whether it was part of the contract or not. I mean, they're just a nice group of people and uh, they write reviews for one another. And so it's good. I think this is the the model of the future. Yes. I I do not think that we're going to be able to be the isolated or the ivory tower or the proust who sat alone i believe many of the great writers did we just we do that to create but then when it comes to social media time it has to be a group effort i don't any way you look at it we have to go out into the world and connect with others now yes and that sounds like a terrific uh comforting place to be when you're trying to, to know that you have a group of people behind you who will support you and take care of you and help you as you help them that sounds yeah. terrific to me. It, it is. And and 
they do accept unsolicited manuscripts. They do select people that do not have agents. You don't require an agent, so you're not losing part of your royalties to your to an agent absolutely. as well. Absolutely, absolutely. And they they want specific things. They do have different categories. They publish under different genres. Okay. My book was published under the shadows side, which deals with the paranormal and. All kinds of paranormal, which is werewolves, horror, mine isn't horror, but fantasy, you know, that kind of thing. Huge these days. People love this. The shadow, the graveyard, the ways in which we have left those monsters behind and are now recreating them, bringing them back to the imagination. That's right. And so uh, I find that it's very good. They really help that way. And I've learned, I mean, I've only been with them, what, six months, I guess. And I have learned so much. I mean, it's been a huge learning curve. One of the things I just found out yesterday, which annoys me to no end. (laughs) (laughs) It annoys you you that you just found it out is what I'm hearing you say. Okay. (laughs) Um, Well, and the policy as well, as you were talking about Amazon. My book released on the 8th of September. Well, Amazon.com immediately have... The Kindle edition. In fact, you could pre-order the Kindle edition. Right. You couldn't pre-order the, the paperback. Right. But launch day, the paperback was there, in stock, ready to go. I go to Amazon.ca. First of all, I couldn't find my paperback. And, of course, a lot of people want the paperback. And, yes, you could order the Kindle edition, which was no problem at all. So I found Amazon and said, well... Where's my paperback? Well, it was on a different area altogether. So it wasn't linked, first of all. So finally I got them linked. And then it said it was unavailable, temporarily unavailable. I thought, how temporary is temporary? How come it's showing up on .com, but it's not showing up on .ca? After loads of rigmarole and talking back and forth, talking with them, talking with Create Space, who is the Amazon publisher, that they're owned by Amazon, although they are a separate company, and my publisher, I found out that one of their policies is that distribution channels, which are anything international other than U.S., you have to wait eight weeks before it becomes available on that site. So eight weeks after release day, two months after release day, it will finally be available on Amazon.ca. You lose a lot of your momentum for us trying to buy it on Amazon.com. Right now it's not too bad because of the difference in price. And on Amazon.com, it's $16.99. On Amazon.ca, it will be $22.52, something like that. That's about the difference in the exchange. That much is not too much of a problem. But still, I hate sending people to Amazon.com when I'm in Canada. The other thing was Mm -hmm. that I did an interview with a chap in the UK. So he gave me the link to the Amazon UK. It's available right now in stock on the Amazon.uk. Don't you love Canada? Oh, we are so <laughs> rule oriented. We are we're more Swiss than the Swiss. Sorry, Swiss people, but we are more oriented to rules and taxes and minutia than any country. But here's the other thing about this, Margaret, that I've really put my head around, and I'm I'm hoping other writers do too. The initial launch day is not what it used to be in the old world, and it's time for us to wake up about that. The initial launch day is lovely. 
it's the excitement the writer feels of, you know, my book is going out into the public. And by the way, what is the name of your book? Stone Cottage. Stone Cottage by Margaret Hefferman. It's a good book. I've read it. Actually, I've used my pen name. Margaret Mackay. And it's M-A-I-G-H-R-E-A-D, which is Gaelic for Margaret. Right. So my actual name is, the pen name is Margaret Mackay. And it's Mackay, M-A-C. Capital K-A-Y. Capital K-A-Y. So the thing about the launch, and I really want to spread this information, is it's a really good idea to project 10, 15 years and realize you can have a launch every year. There is no reason why you can't beat the drums again for your book and again for your book. And so rather than seeing what we've done in Canada and Amazon.ca as a problem, build for another launch date, Amazon.ca. Make it part of that so that our launch dates become a continual party. This is the arc that was the traditional arc. The traditional arc in publishing is the publisher rolls out the preamble and gets everybody excited, or the author does or both. Then there's a launch day in which there are readings and there's an official launch. I've been to one at Ben McNally, downtown Toronto. Beautiful store. Oh my goodness, what a store. And there were about 100 people there. So it was a really big launch. It was a private affair and so on. That was lovely. But then this writer still had to go around to all the different places and all the different places. Now the problem with traditional publishing as I see it is in two years you are remaindered. In two years, your books are no longer in the bookstores. In two years, there's a pile in a warehouse somewhere that sit there and they have to become destroyed or they have to get burned or something has to happen to them. And they they go into the remaindered pile, meaning they're going to make a buck, buck and a half, mostly for the publishing house. And you've got two years to do it. That's not true if you're self-publishing. If you're self-publishing and you're on Amazon and you're on CreateSpace and you're doing all this great stuff that you're doing... You can call yourself in three years and say, you know what, in three years out, I want to have another launch for Stone Cottage. Why? Because there'll be a whole other generation of readers who haven't heard about it. And I'm going to try other venues that I didn't know about when I first did my launch. And all of social media has changed in the last three years. So now I get to try it out all over again. That idea alone is one of the reasons I love self-publishing. This really isn't termed self-publishing. This oh, you're not tra- self-publishing, no. no. This is a, tra- a traditional publisher. But again, I can have as many launches as I want. Yes. I'm also going to be at Bookapalooza yes. in November. And we are going to talk more about Bookapalooza in just a moment. But right now, we do have to break for a short moment. Listeners, don't go away. Do come back. We're having a rousing discussion here about publishing, traditional publishing, self-publishing, the new face of publishing. Don't go away. The other thing I want to correct is I was referring to self-publishing as though you had self-published. However, your publisher, Solstice, has got you up on Amazon and CreateSpace, which, if I understand it, means you will not be remaindered in two years. Is that correct? correct? So I've probably got old information, and likely it's the hard copies that are in excess that are published in the first place. A publisher will put out a flush of hard copies. Those are the ones that if they don't sell would get remaindered, yeah? Correct. And because it's publish on demand, right? there are no m- remainders. I love that. This nothing, is... nothing is published in advance. In like when I order my copies, then that's how many are published. 
That's right. If someone orders off of Amazon.com, that's how many are published. Yes. And this is one of the great joys. I know we like to take pot shots at the monolith Amazon, but you know, I've found them to be very good. I understand the problems. I've also found that anytime I phone them, they are right there. Yes. And they're quite willing to sit with you and then they want to know, did they do it right? I know they have terrible hiring practices. There are problems left and problems right, children, but we have to try to get it one step at a time and get things correct for many, many people. And I think in terms of publishing, they alone have changed the face. What that will mean in the future, I'm not sure, but anyone can guess. And in the meantime, we have a situation where self-publishers, people who are publishing, have more access directly to their fans, to their fan base. Where are you on social media? I'm on Facebook, I'm on LinkedIn, and I'm on Twitter. All right. Those are the three big ones, I believe. I also have my book trailers on YouTube. All right. Do you have addresses for people? Well, we can find you there. Yes, I do. My address on Facebook is facebook.com slash Magritte Mackay. My Twitter handle is at Magritte Mackay. YouTube, I would just suggest that you look up Stone Cottage and you will find the book trailer there. Right. Right. I have a couple of other book trailers for my children's books as well. Oh, and my Facebook page. My website. Your website. My website is mhefferman.ca. mhefferman.ca for the website. Correct. Excellent. And are you active in blogging? Well... It is so confusing as a writer, as a pub- publisher, as somebody who's out there doing all this. I'm always confused by how much I have to put out. I have revamped it a couple of times, but it's still not coming up. The blog part of it isn't coming up the way I want it to. Well, this would be SEO. This is the search engine optimization. Okay. So once the blog is written, it's a good idea to take the main idea of that and go into Google and find out what others are writing and how they're saying it. Because when you look at that list of addresses, when it first pops up, right? right? So say you say bathroom renos and you hit bathroom renos and then you're going to have a whole list of bathroom reno sites, bathroom reno people, bathroom renos in every possible combination or idea that you would want. So if you look carefully at the ones that are at the top of the list, you'll see that the way they have been titled It's not their website. It's the title of that blog will contain the words bathroom reno. Okay. Might be bestbathroomreno.com, something, something, something. And it will have that something, something, something is very important because it also will help determine where you are in the numbers of sites. And then you look, that's, I think that's called the meta title. You'll have to just laugh at me for my lack of understanding. Then there's a description under that called the meta description. And that is where you get the information that goes up and helps Google figure out where you belong and at what level you belong. So, for example, my husband and I work with the ideas of meditation. And I was cruising around yesterday and trying to find out more about the sixth page of one of the meditation sites, one of our blogs. It was actually an interview with one of the uh, writers and it came up on his Google site, which is part of how we <laughs> run. I don't know. We're just kind of loose. I thought, you know, sixth page, given that this is a worldwide engine, 
is not That's bad. That's very good. That's not bad. Yes. So now I'm going to look at that and figure out what we did right. You're in the top 10. <laughs> is that right? Top 10 pages? Yeah. Yeah, great. So my blog page Yes. Doesn't look correct. I think, and I think that's to do with the theme. So I've got to get some help there on, on my blog page. But yes, the website, I do actively put something. I will be putting something up for Equinox because I do put up the high holidays for the weekend holidays of the Wiccan wheel. Yes. Of the Wiccan wheel of the year. Mm-hmm. Although I'm not Wiccan, I do like follow it's, the high holidays. It's a fabulous way to calendar yes. one's events and one's yes. life. I really and appreciate so, it. Um, I will be putting up something for Equinox, oh. which comes up next week. But my book is there and they can look under novels under the menu and stone mm-hmm. cottage is there mm-hmm. and it gives a little blurb and it's got the book trailer and how you can get it and things like that and one of the things now that i'll ask you and or suggest and of course you've already thought of it is when you need help with your blog you can go into your solstice community yes you can also go into your wcdr community yes and both groups and the wcdr is what almost 300 people and they are putting on Bookapalooza. Now, tell us about Bookapalooza. This is the second year for Bookapalooza. I was there last year as well, as were you. Yes. In fact, you were the one that led me to Rich with Rich Helms for the book trailer course. Fabulous course. Fabulous yeah. course. Yeah. It was absolutely wonderful. And Bookapalooza is a group of authors, all local authors, and vendors. Apparently, we are 70% now uh, sold out for the booths already already fabulous and so and it'll be every genre that you can imagine some are historical fiction some are non-fiction pa- non-fiction there's paranormal fiction like we have there will be children's books romance romance there'll be all kinds of books That's there it, it will Science be held fiction. at durham college yes and if you go on to if you search bookapalooza i'm sure you can find the website for it and and it will tell you all about it and it'll be a great day i think it's november 22nd 22nd or 21st but it is the information is up there and the only reason i'm not more clear about it is i'm i can't go this year i'm gonna Uh, i'm gonna be in california (laughs) that's gonna be tough in november (laughs) yeah i got november down i'm working on february That's the big one. That's the big one. February is the one everybody in Toronto is swearing off winter. (laughs) But it will be held at Durham College Mm -hmm. this year, I believe in in the cafeteria area. Okay. And so there will be food served. There's also going to be speakers during the day. Yes. There will be vendors there that will be selling things to do with books. Right. And I believe there will be agents or publishers. There's going to be some publishers there. Certainly were publishers last Last year, the yep. mayor came out last year. Right, there were speakers. There were, and I will tell you, the facilities are great. There's a lot of washroom facilities, which for a woman my age is one yes. of the first things I look Absolutely. at. Absolutely. <laughs> <Right? laughs> Secondly, there is food, as you say. There are sustenance can be had throughout the day. You don't have to bring your own. It's not a potluck. Right. It's all there for you to sa- sample and taste. And there is no charge to get in, so that no. you can come in and look around and spend your money on the books rather than an entry. Absolutely. And you know, this is a friendly, friendly place. Yes. Come on out. And this is an opportunity to talk to writers in the same way that and publishers and agents and designers, etc. Everybody who has something to do with 
books and bookmaking and book creating. And nobody gets more enthusiastic than these people about the nature of books. So come on out. And, and you will be able to get your book signed by the author. Yes. And to some people, that's they like to do that. They like that's a huge thing to have done. It is a lovely thing. It is yes. a, in our day when everything is rather impersonal. And as much as I love cyberspace, yes. and Margaret Atwood, Atwood has designed that beautiful machine that can sign an autograph from a distance. <laughs> I wish I was able to try that. It just sounds like so much fun. But other than that, to have the person who made the book, who wrote those words, sign your book, especially for a Christmas gift. Yes. Doesn't that make it just a bit yes. more special? And that reminds me, I have also been published in Chicken Soup for the Soul, yeah. Merry Christmas. Well, Merry Christmas. So I will probably be having some of my Chicken Soup for the Soul books there. Definitely, and congratulations and on that. Thank you. That that was a thrill. And yes. The little piece that I have in there is called Being Santa. Okay. And that's because I'm married to Santa. <laughs> and so I have watched him blossom and grow and just come into the character of Santa. Super. And so it's just been fabulous. So I wrote a little piece about it, shipped it off, forgot that I'd even shipped it off, and all of a sudden got an email back. And this reminds me, don't forget to look in your junk mail because that's where my <laughs> little notice back from oh. Chicken Soup landed. Oh, really? And I, I thought, oh, that's funny, Chicken Soup. And I clicked on it and here it was, you are a finalist. And I thought, Isn't oh my goodness. So authors, don't forget to, if you've sent something out, don't forget to look in your junk mail. <laughs> Fabulous. Because that may be where you'll find it. But yes. Bookapalooza is absolutely the best place to go for your books for Christmas presents if you can't get to Uxbridge and go yes. to the Blue Heron bookshop, yes. which I'm also a huge fan of. Shelley Macbeth and her wonderful shop that has hosted and taken care of so many writers and artists and people who are interested. There are workshops going on over there. There is such a warm atmosphere. And now she's connected to that little tea shop, physically connected to the little tea shop next door. So you don't have to go out and around. You can go right through. Oh, wonderful. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good because I'm mm-hmm. going to be starting a course there on Friday. So. There you go. You'll have your tea shop right there. Yes. Oh, great. Um, that's a great place. And she's, of course, twice been named the, the best bookstore independent bookstore in canada oh wow twice fabulous yeah i was interested you wrote me a review for stone cottage yes could you tell the listeners what you liked about the book and the book is full there are there's a lot of themes going on in the book and somehow it it doesn't it doesn't overlap it doesn't become like a plate of spaghetti it really does hold the boundaries in place But the themes of grief, loss, mourning, depression, reincarnation, spiritual and and ghost, the boundaries of those two seem to merge quite clearly. This is a law. And and how we carry, of course, you know, that's a great theme that I'm totally interested in out of my book, The Stain, which is, in some ways, as you said when you read The Stain, this is eerily similar in terms of theme, but we handle it very, very differently. So that for me was a very interesting part of the read was to see how you took very similar themes. And I think you dressed them more. I think you put more clothing on them and and fleshed them out more. I think that I was struck by the complexity, actually. There's quite a, a number of layers in the book. So I hope that's uh, 
helpful to you as my response. Yes, thank you very much. And I hope that the listeners will take from that as well and think, hmm, (laughs) maybe I should get this book. (laughs) Well, and the thing is, it's not a heavy read. It's not a book that you have to sit and really ponder or keep a list at your side. Like I remember reading Dostoevsky, and God knows I love Dostoevsky, but keeping that list on the side so that I would remember who he was talking about. It gets old after a while. Yes. Yes. I have studied spirituality for a number of years, various forms, native theology, all this kind of stuff. And I had come across a book called Your Soul's Plan by Robert Schwartz, where he talks about pre-birth planning. And I thought, that's not something that's widely known out there. And I thought, what would a story look like that had that in it? Mm -hmm. And a lot of people are kind of turned off of new agey spiritual stuff. Other people thoroughly enjoy it. Mm -hmm. But I thought, now I'd like a story to see how it might actually work in a life. And so that's why I wrote Stone Cottage, was to present a different paradigm of life how it's something that's out of the norm mm-hmm. and it's just to make people say hmm never thought of that before uh, and get to get people thinking uh, and i will confess that that probably sat with me as a as a norm because of my early connection to buddhism and the idea that in a tolku or someone who's highly awake you choose your lifetime And for the rest, you're magnetized by what happened prior. So the plan is in place, as it were. So for me, that was probably why I missed that as, yes, that's an unusual thought for Western culture. Quite right. This has been charming and really quite entertaining. Thank you so much, Margaret, for dropping by. Thank you very much for having me, Charlene. I've enjoyed being here. And we'll look forward to having you again on the program as we find out more about how Stone Cottage and all of your other great writings uh, proceed in the publishing world. Take care. That's our show for today. Thanks for listening. Hope you'll come back and join us another time. Have a great day. Bye. To contact Margaret, email her at margaret.mackay at gmail.com. That's M-A-I-G-H-R-E-A-D dot M-A-C-K-A-Y at gmail dot com.